Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. Bibles, so excited, so thankful. I have the best job in the world. I get to preach to you. Wow. Wow, that just, just, it was just... In, in, in worship, still in the spirit, get your Bibles, and uh, man, it is, I do have the best job in the world, and uh, I get to pastor this church and preach to you, and uh, man, just some of the most generous, faith-filled, amen, shouting, Holy Spirit-filled, gifted, anointed, baby-making families and people, I feel like babies are everywhere, I love it, so good, so good, man, you guys enjoying Jesus? Um, truly, his presence is here, and uh, it's just good, man. Take it in, soak it in, and um, so good, so good. Next week's big, big uh, Sunday for us, and uh, it's a bit overwhelming. This is one of those, this is one of those moments as a church where I feel like we're putting our money where our mouth is, our faith is. It's, uh, it, it, it is a little daunting um, because we need to do something. <laughs> there's, there's something we, we, we have to do and we, we, we get to do, and we're excited to, to practically uh, stand with people, and not only in our church, but our community in this area. And so we're excited. You excited? Yeah. You excited? And so uh, sometimes just little things help, uh, help a giving campaign and help people think and help people pray. And so we're doing an auction out there. Some people from our church have donated some stuff. We're also doing for any gift of, of $1,000, we are sewing and giving you a prayer box. And it's, the, it's, it's really my new Bible. The NLT version is blowing me away. And uh, I think that you should enjoy that version. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, I think the Bible will come alive even more. And so we're going to do like a prayer challenge and worship challenge in January. So anyways, we're getting ready to create uh, a big step for our church. We've done a lot of events, a lot of generosity, but we're getting ready to create a space, a, a place for that next step, that first step. Because when people are in crisis, they just, they literally, I know me, it's like I need that, what's that first step? Just like a child, it's that first step is, is a little messy. <laughs> it's usually not by themselves, hopefully. I don't think we're just, like, just go. You know, it's like, it's, a, it's that first step that's so awkward and so hard. So we're excited for the Dream Center. It's going to be a big statement, I, I believe, as a church and uh, for us. And so get ready. I brought my rock this morning. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, this is from my front yard. So it's, I brought my rock. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. And uh, I wish I had like two hours this morning, um, but we, uh, we, we, we live in time and space, and we're just going to believe God. Even just as we're believing for miracles, you still believe for miracles? <laughs> You're like, let's we're ready for the next series. We got, we got enough miracles. Um, you know, just learning, just to break down some of those ideologies and those, those, those things that get into our head about we don't deserve it. And whether, you know, we prayed yesterday or not, we, we still don't deserve it. And I was just praying for Kyle's back. And, and sometimes this little thing goes off. Well, let's wait for the end because Lance will be, like, you know, weeping and crying. And Lance is going to be ready. And it's going to be more faith. And then we'll have everybody energized. My mom won't be holding the baby. She'll have the oil. And then we'll just, like, come together in the Holy Spirit and the angels. And I pray that happens. Amen. But sometimes we miss just that opportunity that time is not the currency. It's faith. And so you just take five seconds and you go, where, where is that? Where is that? Right there? Okay. In Jesus' name, heal this back. And so just, you know, just learning that, that stepping into that where, yeah, if you have more time, take more time. But again, whether it's five seconds or five hours, it's faith. Faith is our currency. Amen? Amen. All right. I feel like singing this morning. Um, I will save you from all of that. Mark chapter 8, verse 13. Mark chapter 8, verse 13. And uh, I want to talk this morning about the heart. And as we continue, we're just looking at a couple different stories uh, in, in, in the life of Jesus and uh, in the Gospels. And uh, some of you, if you've been here a while, you know that we kind of trudge along 
uh, some of these stories, and I try not to repeat myself too much, but to bring you uh, a big idea, to bring you a concept that can hopefully spiritually and practically help you. Amen? That, that's kind of the intent. It's never perfect, uh, but the idea is if I can really dig out of the Word of God uh, something, I, I believe it will be relevant to every person in this, in this room, no matter what you're going through. And, and, and so we're, we're kind of going through the feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the 4,000. And so we find ourselves after that moment, after both of those events, and Jesus is healing some people. This is, this is right after the feeding of the 4,000. It says in Mark chapter 8, verse 13, and he left them and getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them, saying, Take heed. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned amongst themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? And here comes me and Jesus. Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes do you not see? And having ears you do not hear? Do you not remember? What's Jesus doing? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? They, they told him 12. Also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said seven. So he said to them, how is it that you do not understand? Oh, what does mean Jesus come out to do? He knows the answer. He's doing something. How is it? That you do not, there's some things this morning that you'll understand and you don't understand. And Jesus is, is, is pinpointing something. How is it that you don't understand? Let's look at this this morning. You ready? Heart transplant. Heart transplant. Cue message. Here we go. Three, two, one. Drop. All right. I don't know what I'm doing. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Lord, we just thank you for church. God, we thank you for this, this space and, and our church and our, the people. And, and you love everybody. And the church is, is, is the is body of Christ collectively everywhere. But, but, but home needs to have an address on it. And here we are in our home and our, our place. And in this time and all the chaos and the craziness, maybe the mountains, maybe the valleys, wherever people find themselves this morning, we just pray for your word to reach every single person. Lord, you are the only God or so-called God, that left your realm and came into our realm. And so we know that you are the word become flesh. And you will find every person this morning. And when you find them, you're not looking to smack them upside the head. You're looking to bless them and speak to them and breathe life because you are our only hope. You are our righteousness. You are our salvation. You are our hope. You are the bright and morning star. You are the author of our faith. You're the finisher and the perfecter. You are the sovereign God outside of time. Lord, we love you and we thank you and we put our trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo! Someone's been praying. We had pre-service prayer this morning. The church is praying so good. You know what that means? I don't know. People are praying, so that's good. That's good. All right. So I'm an old man now. I repeat myself. I'm becoming my dad. My dad would sit there and tell a story and be like, no, hold on. Was that Thursday or Friday? I think it was Wednesday. You know, I'm like 20 minutes later, you're like, dad, it doesn't matter. Just tell me the story. Now I have to go. I am that man. Was that Wednesday? You know, dad, dad. Anyways, I repeat myself, tell stories, and get caught up in the details. So anyways, I'm on a mission trip kick right now, so I'm telling my, some of my mission stories. So um, I think I was like 17, and I was in uh, Bali, Indonesia, and on a YWAM ministry trip, and we'd do songs and dances and give our testimonies and go into schools over there, and it was, it was awesome. It was really, it was really cool. Um, again, I became a preacher because I had no other talent. It was mostly a a singing team, and um, I, uh, yeah, a creative team, and so they're like, I don't know, why don't you tell your testimony, and we'll call it preaching, and it was a loose term they used for me to, um, to, to, to preach and to talk about Jesus, and, and so um, there was this Fijian war dance that we did that was pretty awesome. It was kind of the highlight of our two-hour um, evangelistic crusade, right, cruising through Bali, 
And uh, we were reaching thousands of people. It was actually really, really cool. And um, so we had like uh, some big, big, ripped, beautiful Samoans and Fijians and Tongans. And um, it, was, it was awesome. And this dance, it was the culmination and the drums, they had the leaves and they were shirtless. And um, so there was a lot of ooh, ooh. If you've ever seen like the, the black, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the rugby games, I mean, they do the war dance, and you're just like, Whoa. and then someone would get up and be like, Jesus is real. And like the whole place gets saved. It was part of the secret sauce. It was part of the secret sauce. And there was a lot of ladies up front that would, it was, anyways, it, it ministered mostly to the women, but to everybody. It, it really was a beautiful ministry. Um, so one of, the, uh, one of the Islander brothers got sick and couldn't go. And for some reason, there was nobody else to fill in except me. Now, I am basically the opposite of who they were. And so it was very, it was very embarrassing. So I was like, I was trying to get out of it. I was like, what are you, um, you want me to do the Fijian war dance? Like, well, yeah, just go in the back and kind of like. They gave me this little drum, and they gave me these, like, tea leaves, and I had my little skirt, and uh, I was like a buck 30 at the time, so they're like, you just kind of hide behind. The guys will really block you anyway, so it's fine. So I come out there, and, you know, the music's going, and it's just like, you know, dish, dish. and he's like six foot four, you know, Islanders go, ooh, and they're like swinging their, like, you know, their things, or, oh. And I'm just back there, you know, oh, oh. Try not to be too cool, because I don't want to be too cool. But I also don't want to be like, ah, you know, there's that fine line between if I lose myself in this, people are going to be like, so I'm doing my thing, oh, oh, oh. And I noticed this guy looking at me in the audience, and he was looking at me like this. Right? And I'm like, hey, I don't want to be here, you know. I didn't ask for this. Right? This isn't like what I, you know, dreamed about when I, when I, when I was just a little boy. Right? To be, to be in this island war dance. Right? So I'm having this whole conversation of like, you know, in my head. Like, listen, dude. Stop looking at me, bro. I didn't want to be up. Come on, man. Seriously, bro. See, I know. I know. Right? This whole conversation goes off in my head. And then this, the thing ends, and uh, we're, we're out praying with people and talking. And, and all of a sudden, this, he's coming closer to me, and I'm getting ready. You ever getting ready, like a speech in your head? Oh, come and get it, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be, I ain't, I'm getting a speech all ready to tell this guy. Okay, okay. Listen, dude, you don't, need to, you don't need to do that to me. You don't need to look at me like that. You ruined my whole, you ruined the day. You stole the anointing away from this moment. Like, I can't even believe that you would look at me like that. I can't believe that you would make fun of me. I can't believe you would say things that you said. Hold on, he didn't say anything. He just was staring at me, just giving me this look. So we get closer, and he's like, Isaac? And I'm like, what? He's like, oh, my gosh. You're from Sonoma, Sonoma High School. It's, it's Brett, you know. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Sonoma, the other side of the world. I'm like, hey, I thought that was you. Good to see you. Oh, my gosh. I, know. I was like, who is this guy looking at me? Is that Brett? I was like, yeah, I didn't recognize you back there. And you're all hairy and everything. It's been a couple years, you know. I didn't recognize him at all. He recognized me. And that's why he was giving me the, this, 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 this is what the disciples were going through. So something is going on in their head. Conversations are taking place in their life that is not taking place at all. Jesus says, beware of the leaven. Something is happening with Jesus. Jesus is doing something. And the disciples perceive it completely wrong. I mean, there, there are things in life that I'm just wondering are more me than you. 
Like, even right now, the way you're looking at me. Am I like, oh, does this guy really, he doesn't like my shirt. Like, is there, like, is there really something going on or is it me? It is my assuming and presumption in my head or is this really taking place? Because the truth of it is, is the disciples were enjoying quite a fruitful ministry and season in their life. They, I mean, the feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the 4,000, and Jesus is healing people. And they just got done with a miracle. And one of the best things they liked is when Jesus puts the Pharisees in place. I mean, they're, 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 they're spiritual fathers and they're, they're governor. And it's, like the Pharisees were all things political and spiritual, all kind of wrapped up into one. And every time Jesus would meet them, he would just say stuff and they couldn't talk. And they loved it. So Jesus had just silenced the Pharisees, and they're getting ready to go in a boat, and Jesus is going to meet up with them later. And so they're packing, and they're, they're getting all the stuff together. And, and I, maybe it was someone's job, maybe it was John's job to pack the lunch, but they're getting all the supplies, and they realize they get on the boat, they get there, and they're getting a little hungry, and, and it's, where's, who brought lunch? Oh, I didn't bring lunch. Did you, Peter, you're supposed to be lunch. Oh, I didn't bring lunch. We have one loaf of bread for 13 people. Now, they're not worried about Jesus. They're just worried about themselves. It's just like hours. See a galley, they're like, we're going to be hungry. So a couple hours goes by, and they get hungry. Like, who? One bread. One loaf of bread. So then, you know, when hunger becomes, you know, that, the angry hunger, the hangry, it's like they're irritated. And it's amazing that you can get done with incredible miracles that they must have seen with Jesus, and you get hungry. You get hungry. One little hangry moment, and they miss the entirety of what Jesus was trying to do in their life. Jesus says, hey, beware of the leaven, guys, the leaven. I want you to beware of the leaven, the leaven, okay? Beware of it. And they're like, okay, yeah, we got it. It's because we forgot bread. Like two completely different concepts, not even close. Jesus is trying to speak a fresh word. Jesus is trying to give them fresh, new word. They would have not understood what leaven meant. Le- leaven was, this was the first time that Jesus was equating leaven to doctrine. Jesus had talked about faith as a mustard seed. It just takes a little bit of faith, and the seed is a word. It doesn't take any big, just a little seed, it's just a little mustard seed of faith can get rooted in your heart and start to turn the whole situation. And Jesus said, hey, just like that, yeah, 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 with lies, it's like leaven, just a little bit of yeast, and it ruins the whole thing. And so Jesus now is bringing something they would have never known, because when When Jesus speaks a word, he's trying to provoke you and pull you forward. Why? Because you are in a season that you've never been before, and so you need fresh faith that you've never had before, and so God gives you a word that you've never gotten before, and so God's trying to give you a word, and we take it as condemnation, and Jesus is saying, how could you How could you think that I was trying to condemn you when I was trying to encourage you? You've never been here before. You've never been this far in your life before. You've never been up against what you're fighting before. And you've never had as much faith and anointing before. So I'm going to give you a fresh word that you don't understand because I'm doing a planting, a seed to pull you closer to me. And I draw you with my word. And so this morning, if you're like, man, I'm a little confused. I don't know what God's speaking. I'm a little, I'm a little, you know, I don't know. I, that's why everyone that speaks to God like Moses scares me a little bit. Like they know everything about everything all the time. Everything that God is doing, all oh, that kind of prophecy scares me. Because I know Jesus will send a word. Doctrine is leaven. And what he's doing is he's saying, come closer to me. Because I know you don't know what I'm talking about. So I'll provoke and I'll send my word to pull and put a pursue and cause my church to pray a little bit because you need to seek my face. And so he'll do that. And, and, and what we do is we get stuck in our past. We get stuck in our failure. And we're like, oh, I know what he's talking about. Yeah, he's talking about because we didn't for, forgot the bread. That's, that's what he's talking about. Do you, do you, every time that God speaks a word, it's time to preach. It, uh, yeah, he's, he's telling me that because I, I, didn't, I didn't preach last week. It's time to pray. And you're like, oh, man, I missed my prayer time. He, 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 he's not back there. You are. 
So you can't hear them if you don't come forward out of your past, out of yesterday. It's not that there isn't consequence to what happened yesterday. It's the fact that when Jesus comes and speaks to you, he's not talking about that. He's talking about something new because he knows you need more faith than you've ever had. You need more courage than you've ever had. You need more anointing to break the yoke of what you're up against this Thanksgiving. And so he'll give you a word to pull you forward, to pull you into today, to pull everything back there into the present moment so he can bless you. He can bless you. He can, he, he can bless you. How do you think I'm talking about bread? How do you think I'm talking about your failure? Yeah. What are you talking about? How do you not understand that I'm trying to encourage you? How do you not know I'm not talking about that? How, how, how do you not understand? Hold on, I thought I wasn't supposed to understand. You're not supposed to understand everything that you're supposed to do right now. You're not supposed to understand every word. Beware of the leaven. It's supposed to cause a, God, what's that? There we go. There we go. That's not what we do. We find a bunch of other people confused, and we reason together. Yeah, so lonely people find lonely people. And, 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 and people who are at home listening to this Led Zeppelin, and young people wouldn't know what that is. It's a tragedy. But you're at home listening to Led Zeppelin, eating ice cream, and you're going to find other people like that. That's what, that's what the disciples did. It's, they got together, and they solidified the fact that it was because they had forgotten bread. And, and Jesus is like, no, you're not supposed to understand that word. That word was to pull you forward, just to pull you into something that you've never been before because you need faith that you never had before because you're going into dark areas. Abraham, go and I'll show. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. The, the first draw is because he drawed near to us and then we need to respond by drawing near to him and then he drawed near to us. It's called reciprocity. It's called relationship. And so he goes, why don't you understand? This was not based on them. This was based on him. He would say, how do you not understand my motive by now? How do you not understand what I'm trying to do? How do you not understand that I'm trying to encourage you? How do you, how do you not understand right now that I'm not beating you up for the summer of missions that you didn't do in 1978? I'm simply trying to say I'm listing you now uh, in, into the Dream Center. But you, you're stuck back there. How do you not understand that I'm trying to pull you in to the present moment by my word? How do you not understand that? How do you not understand that? That I'm trying to bless you. I'm trying to, I haven't changed my mind. I haven't changed my mind. How do you not understand? Oh, oh. Is your heart still hardened? It, oh, it's your heart. You can imagine how confused these guys were like, hold on, hold on, hold on. First of all, we were beating ourselves up because we thought you were beating us up. And then you're like, hey, stop beating yourself up. You know, I was talking to you about something awesome. And then we're like, okay. And then you're like, back to, like, we're bad? You ever feel that way with God sometimes? You're like, whoo. And then, oh, I'm, I'm awesome. I'm nothing. He's like, how do you, do you, do you, do you, oh, your heart, your heart, your heart got hardened. Your heart got hardened. And, and it's like, what, my, my, my heart. No, we need to become better stewards of our to-do lists. And I need my Costco list to be better and I, I need to, to get more organized and I need to become a, I need a new app and I need, to, I need to find the Bible so I can institute my prayer time and I need to figure out how to get the kids out of the house a little bit better and not have a flat tire and I got to get, so I got to do, and, and Jesus is like, yeah, yeah, that's all, that's, yeah, yeah, sure, down the road, but no, but this actually is a heart thing. This is a heart thing. Proverbs 4, 23. All of the issues of life, all above all else, Above all else, above all else, sure, I understand you need to get a new vacuum so you could, I understand you need to get some better bins for you so you can get, or, and, and, yeah, 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 I know you need to get more kale, and, I, I, yeah, 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 I know you need to, you, you, need, to, you need to do that, you need to figure that out. So above all else, guard your heart for everything. I'm not even going to make a pastoral joke about what that means with the Greek because it means everything. But anyways, I guess I just did. For everything you do flows from it. 
I mean, it could not be more clear. Guard it. What needs a guard? Something of value and something that's under attack. So stuff is coming for what? The number one thing is your heart. That's why the heart is really the heart of the word of God. Love the Lord God with all of your heart. Love him with all of your heart, mind, soul, strength. David, he had a heart after my heart. I'm after your heart. I'm after your heart. Out of it flows everything. Things begin to break down when someone loses your heart. You can say it's this. You can say it was the email. You say it's because of that. What happened was something got into your heart. Something got in. And Jesus is saying, yeah, it's because you have a rock heart. You have a rock heart. And once, the, once, once this gets hard... This is a powerful moment right now that you cannot see because it's being blocked. They can't get in. So Jesus now is saying, okay, so I, the problem was not the bread, <laughs> please. Um, it, it, and I was speaking to you a word, and, and I've now you've, you can't hear, you can't hear the word. You can't even hear it. So you could be surrounded at this point. At this point, you could be surrounded by miracles, which you are. You could be in the very presence of the Messiah, which you are. You could be under the anointing, which you are. You could be surrounded by glory, and it, it would not matter in the sense that it can't get into a rock. It has to be broken down to absorb what's taking place. So you're not going to be able to hear, you're not going to be able to hear until something happens to your heart. How do you not understand? I know you don't understand you. I've never asked you to understand you. What, why, why do you pretend that you're supposed to know the answer to what ails you right now? You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to. No one's ever fought what you fought. Quit beating yourself up and partnering with the enemy about condemnation based on your past. I'm not talking about your past, says the Lord. Quit thinking every time I show up is to give you a spanking about your past. That's what the enemy does. I'm trying to give you a word to bring you present because I, the Lord your God, have not changed my mind. I've not changed my mind. You change your mind. I don't change my mind, but how is it that you don't understand who I am at this point? How is it that you don't understand that every time I show up, I just won't bless everybody and heal everybody and save everybody? But how is it that you don't understand that? And you think that I'm talking about your failure? That's what Jesus is saying. How do you not understand that? I, I didn't want you to understand the leaven. I have never spoken that to you. You're not supposed to understand. It's supposed to pull you forward. I'll send you my word to cause you to pursue. You're not supposed to understand that. You're not supposed to understand. You're supposed to seek me. You're supposed to seek me. You keep beating yourself up for not knowing the answer to everything. So every time you don't understand something, you feel failure. What am I supposed to say? My coworker, do I invite them to church? Do I pray for them? Do I mow the lawn? So many, so many, so many things, so many things. And the enemy just comes along and says, oh, you think you're a Christian? Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then your past comes up. Then your emotions come up. Then you didn't pray that day. And you go, I suck. So then you drag your wound to church. And Jesus is like, I'm calling you to preach. And you're like, I know. It's because I didn't. And Jesus is like, how is it that you do not understand? I wish I could tap dance right now. How is it that you do not understand that every time I show up, it's to cover and wash? How is it that you don't understand that you're saved? You don't lose your salvation with every sin. 
How is it one documentary in HBO and you're questioning yourself? Man, how is it that you don't understand that you are saved? You're bought by the blood. I died for you. It's irrefutable. You're mine. You're grafted in. It ain't going anywhere. Your name is in the book. How is it that you don't understand? Every time the Holy Spirit comes on you, it's to refresh you and renew you and wash you and do how is it that you don't understand that I am God. I haven't changed my mind. The gift that I put in you in your mother's womb is without repentance. And every time you make a mistake, I start to work all things together. I knew you were going to do it. I was outside of time. I'm sovereign. I'm God. I don't play games. We're so used to people playing games. We're so used to people playing games. We think God just plays games. We think God speaks passive aggressively. So, hey, guys, beware of that leaven. Oh, man. It's because of, uh, and Jesus is like, yeah, that's right, guys. You got to start remembering that bread. Jesus is hungry. Okay? No. He's like, what? You're not supposed to understand what I'm doing. That's why prophets right now that like understand everything that God's doing right now scare me a little bit. I tell you one thing I do know. Refiner's fire. He's wakening me. Less peer pressure. Yeah. Less fear of man, more grace. This dream center thing came out of COVID. And we'd probably just do a food box thing. Because of COVID, we're like, that's it. We are ending poverty as we know it. <laughs> Some of you are like, what? I'm just saying, I don't, I don't, I, whatever we got to do to truly help people. Because the Bible is clear. Don't just walk by and pray for people. I love renewal meetings. I told you, we're putting carpet all up in this place. And you can lay on the carpet and snot on the carpet and just get filled with the Holy Ghost on the carpet. But I'm telling you, the church sometimes is huddled up too much. And there's too many broken people. And I'm uncomfortable because I don't know what to do. But I do know how to get full of the Holy Spirit. Because I got filled with the Holy Spirit when I was like five. And so I can do Holy Spirit. I don't know exactly poverty and apartment complexes and church and state and divorce and abuse and mental illness. I, don't, I like to pray for mental illness. I don't know if I want to stand and figure out someone's mental health issues. But the church of Jesus Christ is under strict biblical mandate that don't just say be warmed and filled but figure out how to give them a glass of cold water or something that they need an intercessor stands in the gap every gap that's what Jesus did felt needs greater needs how is it that you don't understand how is it that you don't understand that I'm trying to speak to you today about my word tomorrow wake up it's food it's amazing and you're still caught up and I know I didn't read my Bible last week how is it that you don't understand that I've not changed my mind about you? I've anointed you to preach the gospel. I, there's a ministry inside of you. How is it that you don't understand? That when I speak a word that you don't understand, it's to call you closer to the one who understands. How do you not understand? I'm not here to beat you up. <laughs> how is it that you don't understand? How many loaves? How many loaves were left over? Like twelve. Yeah. How many were left over? Seven. I don't have a bread problem. How many were left over? He goes. I love this about Jesus. Twelve. They forgot bread, but they remembered how many baskets were left over a few weeks ago. Oh, I love Jesus. You're not that stupid, guys. You remember. This isn't about remembering. This is about a heart thing. Okay? He said, this is, I love Jesus. He just responds, Peter, do you love me? Yeah. Peter, do you love me? You, yeah, you know I do. Peter, do you love me? See, he restores the fact that, you see, that's not the issue, Peter. The issue is that you don't think you're qualified right now based on that love to feed people sheep, and you think I've changed my mind. Get back in the game and feed sheep. Okay, Jesus. Okay. Why? It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. I'm stuck. And Jesus says, I'm putting a pursuit in you. I'm putting a pursuit in you. I don't use all the water. I'm just going to drink it. There you go. I'm putting a pursuit in you. It might not be them. It might be me. 
It might not be them. It might be me. Words hurt you. It's true. People are crazy. But the problem is that creates a hard heart. Whether you like it or not, it, you didn't ask for it, but it creates a hard heart. And when there's a hard heart, we can no longer hear. We can no longer hear. So Jesus says we need to go after that heart. I know they suck. I know they're mean. I know, I know, I know that was real. I know that hurt. But, but what it did is it created a hard heart, and now you can't hear me. And now you're assuming and presuming and acting crazy and having crazy conversations about me. And I'm simply trying to speak to you to pull you right now to the forefront of your destiny. But the hardness of your heart, and I'm not even saying you did it. I'm saying people did it, but you now have to deal with it. Because the hard heart's there. And that's the hardest part I think about life is that my heart gets hard because of trial and situation. And God still asked me to bring it to him. And so I need to soften that, Isaac, because everything flows out of your heart. Everything. You know, the definition of uh, passive aggressive, um, you know, not being direct with people and, and not saying what you, what you mean and, 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 I love Jesus because he's like, hey, it doesn't matter if it's you or if it's them. Jesus says it doesn't matter if you think they're, like, not being honest with you or they're being passive aggressive with you or if it's your inability to listen or if it's your inability to say what you feel. He goes, actually, just, just, just bring me your heart right now because the, the heart has become hard. And the only way to really hear what I'm asking you to do or I'm doing in your life is to bring me your heart Jesus says, you have a hard heart. Don't you love Jesus? <laughs> you have a hard heart. Like, I love the word insecurity. I, I would rather use the word insecurity because what we do is we, we mess with language to, to help ourselves feel better about our dysfunction. Even the word dysfunction. I mean, there's the word fun in dysfunction, right? Let's put the fun back in dysfunction. You know, oftentimes the Bible doesn't use these words. And some of these words aren't bad. I'm not beating up on the words. I'm just saying they're, they're sort of modern-day pop psychology to help us all feel slightly better about our crazy. And the Bible just uses words like fool, right? We, we, we like, ah, I kind of made a bad decision, kind of erred on some judge. And the Proverbs like, yeah, you did act the fool. Yeah, you act that as a foolish behavior. You're like, okay, okay, well, you know, I mean, you know, tomato, tomato. And Bob's like, no, no, that's foolish. Change it. Stop it. Whoa. Okay, Solomon. Whoa. You know, look who's talking, right? And 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 then Jesus will be like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I'm just kind of working through. No, no, you have fear. Guess some fear. Jesus is like, I have not given you a spirit of fear. So in other words, where did you get that? You picked it up. But now understand that the Holy Spirit is full of power and right thinking and love. That's the spirit I want to give you. So instead of hard heart, we like to use the word insecurity. I'm just working on some insecurities. You know, I'm just dealing with some insecurities. That's what the disciples, I think, would have liked to say. Like, Jesus, we're sorry. We just forgot our bread. And we're having a hard day. It's really had a hard day. And I just was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot my bread. And you were like, bread and leaven. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's because I forgot. I'm so sorry, Jesus. I'm just, just dealing with some insecurities this week. <sighs> just really hard week. Really hard week. And Jesus was like, yeah, you have a hard heart. Yeah, you have a hard heart. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, that's what I'm about. I mean, I don't know, you know. Just work with, I, you know, it's a support group. I have some insecurities. I'm just kind of working through, plowing through, you know. And I uh, just got to make some good decisions and uh, get around some right people. Hard heart. And I just got to, like, get to church more. I just got to work on some things. Really got to get that treadmill. I think if I can just get a good sweat every day, I think I can start to remember. I've got a foggy brain. Anybody got COVID, right? Just COVID, brain. I just, just got to get through, get the garden restarted next spring. Ha! Just got to just get some, like, new jean jackets. I just haven't been shopping in a while because all of the things are going to give a hard heart. And I just, you know, I got to just get that new app because my laptop broke during COVID. And I was just trying to, and I just got to remember the bread next time. And I just got to, so I can hear you better. I just got to read my Bible more. You have a hard heart. It's a heart. You have a hard heart. Okay. Yeah, that's all it is. And it's blocking you from hearing me. And I'm not even asking you. To change your heart. 
I'm saying, give it to me. I'll give you a new heart. All you need is a heart transplant. That's all you need. David, put up Psalms. That's all all we need. Create in me a clean heart. That's why David, as crazy as he was, had it right. It's a heart thing. It's always been a heart thing. The reason you did everything for the one you loved was because they had your heart. That's why you didn't matter if they were late to the date or didn't matter what they wore. You were all in. We call it puppy love or young love. But the truth of it is, is your, they had your heart. The reason you came to church and served and preached the gospel and didn't care was because Jesus had the fullness of your heart. You said, here, I don't care. And some trial put you to a place where you said, I've got nowhere else to turn here. So when Jesus showed up to the Sea of Galilee that day and you're frustrated and he said, follow me, you immediately dropped your net because your heart was hard and you felt this man could change it and give you a new heart. He said, here, here's my heart. Here's my heart. Here's my heart. And guess what? Along the way, they broke it. You gave them their heart. I don't mean to be melodramatic. You gave them your heart, and they crushed it, and they beat it, and they hurt it, because you gave it to them. Here, here's my money, here's my time, here's my kids, here's my life, and you went all in. I know you went all in, because I went all in. And they, they, they hurt it. They heard it. So all that happens is Jesus is like, you have a hard heart. It's not mean Jesus. It's, it's the same loving Jesus. He was like, oh, we have a hard heart. Just so you know, you don't need a hearing aid. You, and you don't need a bunch of things that you think you're going to need. Those will come after. Those are secondary. But you got to, this, this is the hard thing. Nothing can get in. You keep thinking of Isaac could just preach a certain way, and I'm trying to. I'm committed to refining my gift. The worship team is committed. Every person in this room is committed to serving you better and loving you better. But if you've got a rock heart, baby, it ain't going in. So he says, give me your heart. Give me your heart. Give me your heart, and I will give you a new heart. And then the water can go in, and then my word can go in. can go in, then the I've got you surrounded by encouragement, but it can't go in to a rock heart. I've been encouraging you and loving you more than you could ever see or know, but you've got a hard heart and it can't get in. And so you look to yourself and you go, oh, I know what Jesus is saying. I know what they're saying. They're more scared of you than you are them. Trust me, they hate themselves more than you do. And they hate themselves more than you hate yourself. (laughs) Give me your heart. Your heart might be in in money. The Bible says, hey, if it's in treasure, bring it back. I love this one. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out on your understanding. Some of your heart's caught up in understanding. Some of your hearts are caught up in the future. Once we get this, once we get that. Some of your hearts stuck in the past because of them or because of you or whatever it is. He says, give me your heart. Give me your heart. I love, you know, the woman at the well. Jesus shows up at the woman at the well, and he's talking about water. He's talking about water. They're talking about real water. And then they're talking about living water. And they're talking about water. And Jesus keeps going back and forth. And the, and the woman can't keep up. Then all of a sudden, there's another curveball. All of a sudden, Jesus starts talking about worship. He's talking about water and living water. And out of your spirit will flow rivers of living water. Then all of a sudden, he gets out of nowhere, begins to talk about worship and he says, oh, the time is coming and the time is now where I'm raising up the worshipers, true worshipers that'll worship in spirit and in truth because the Father is the spirit and those that worship the Father must worship in spirit and truth. And he begins to say that worship is water and water is worship because worship washes away. It's worship that breaks up your heart. You can't worship with a hard heart. You can't worship with a hard heart. You can't You can't stay offended with a hard heart. And God begins to wash it. It's it's the worship it's the water 
that washes and then that water begins to come out of your spirit when your heart is washed and cleansed let's put up that waterfall this is this is this is the this is the water that i see can you turn it up can we hear it it's washing you stand worship worship see god here's my heart worship this is the water this is the water it's washing over what they said it's washing over what they did he goes i know i know what they did i know what they said i know but your heart's hard give it to me i need to give you a new heart i need to wash it i need to wash it i need to wash it it's washing over your heart it's washing over your past it's washing over the words it's washing over what they did washing over what they said is washing
worship. Give me times after worship, I just have to find Carrie and say, I'm sorry. It's after worship, I found some of you, my friends, who I've hurt, and I had to say, this isn't about who's right and wrong. I want to take this out of the court system and litigate it with evidence and a trial. Trial's over. I'm sorry. I love you. I'm with you. My heart gets hard every day because it gets hurt. Something grabs a piece of it. But in this moment, his presence is like a waterfall. Put that waterfall back up. It just washes. What happened to you yesterday, what they said, just washes it. It's worship. And after I've washed, my soul, my spirit is washed. I can hear him. heart flow the issues of life. I can hear him. I can hear him. I can hear him now. I can hear him. The best of disciples after a hardened heart cannot hear God. Hearing God requires a soft heart. Here's my heart, God. Here's my heart. Here's my heart. Here's my heart. God's going to speak to you. You're going to see God. You're going to hear God. You're going to sense God. Hey, we're going to continue for a minute, a few minutes. If you got to get out of here, get out of here. We love you. Don't miss next Sunday. It's still a Sunday to invite people. There's going to be testimonies, worship. It's going to be very little in honesty in regards to asking for money. You can invite people. Get your preach on this week. Get your invite on this week. God's reaching this community like never before. We're going to celebrate the goodness and the grace of God and the generosity of Jesus next Sunday. If you want some prayer, come on up. If you want to continually just get washed in his presence. We love you so much. We love you so much. See you next week.